This morning, though, we recognize our high school graduates. We recognize Sissy and Matt. We remember our accomplishment doing that the same. We celebrate this rite of passage. And we acknowledge that today really is, in a lot of ways, a gateway to adulthood for you. You are expected to behave and act like adults in just about every way now. Were you not going to school, you'd be free to go get, ever, go whatever, go get whatever job you wanted. And you're moving away, and so you are going to be responsible for so many things on your own. Life will be different, and that is a good thing. Uh, it's good to experience change and growth. And in most practical ways, as you are no longer just students, you'll be forced to embrace adulthood. And as all of us are continued to do what the kids call adulting and be forced to embrace adulthood, we all recognize that adulthood brings along with it a certain busyness and chaos. And part of the task of adulthood for the two of you and for all of us is to understand how to embrace our faith practices as we engage in adulthood. So maybe this is new for you. Maybe it's new for some of us. Maybe it's a refresher for all of us. But today we look into two passages, one from 1 Samuel, a story that illuminates the way we embrace these practices. And from 2 Corinthians, the point of the practices. The point of the practices, which is to put us in touch with the power that belongs to God. Because whether you are on the highest mountain, reaching your greatest accomplishment, the power does belong to God. And when you are in the deepest valley, struggling the most, the power that will help get you out is most likely a power that belongs to God. And more likely, when you're in the midst of busyness and chaos that surrounds life more often than any of us ever imagined, and more regularly than any of us care to admit, the power that keeps us stable and sane and carries us through the busyness and the difficulties is a power that belongs to God. And so Matthew and Sissy and all of us, the power belongs to God and how we tap into that power is a part of these scriptures. First from 1 Samuel chapter 3 and then from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had grown dim, so dim that he couldn't see, he was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. The Lord says, Samuel, Samuel. And he says, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go lie down again. So he went to lie down, and the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli says, I did not call, my son. Go lie down again. 
Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in in his place. And reading verse 10, Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And now from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For we do not proclaim ourselves We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is God who said, let light shine out of darkness. Who has shown in the hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. But we have this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Anytime we consider a scripture passage, and anytime I read one with a group, I ask, what stuck out? What sticks out? We say this, we we, we do this in Vespers on Wednesday nights. I ask the folks, what did you hear? Sometimes they hear the same things I hear. Oftentimes they hear different things. In fact, as you read Scripture, each time you read, you hopefully hear something a little different. And I bet that when you stand here or stand somewhere in public and read the Scriptures out loud, you hear something different than if you are reading them quietly, silently to yourself. And as I read this week, different things stuck out. We proclaim Jesus. We have a treasurer. The extraordinary power belongs to God. We are not driven by despair. We are not crushed. We are not destroyed. We always carry the body of Christ, the light of Christ in our lives to show others. The treasure we carry helps bring light to the world. But when you look in your bulletin, you can see the line that stuck out most to me. The line in the middle, I think, that holds all the rest of it together is, the extraordinary power belongs to God and it does not come from us. We say this a lot. But do we truly recognize and remember that the power does belong to God? Our greatest powers do not come from ourselves. They are gifts from God to us. 
And we are the vessels that carry those gifts from God. As great as we are, and you all are wonderful and great and talented and kind and loving and gifted, the power to do those things comes from God. You are the vessels that hold that gift and that power. You are the ones who exhibit that gift and that power. It's a privilege to be connected to that gift, that power. But those are expressions of God's power. And we are God's. We are the Lord's and we live our best life. And we achieve things beyond what we could imagine and experience life. when we experience the life that God gives us. And the way that we do that is through no other way but discerning how we connect to the power of God and how we allow that power to go and work in our lives. And that is a question we all face. We face it regularly. Oh, it's easy to tell you, Matthew and Sissy, that this is the question that you face. It's the one that you will face as you move into the next chapter of your life. And we don't have youth discipleship every week. How will you connect to the power of God in a meaningful way that brings that light to others? But you know, your siblings on the rows behind you should be facing that question too. And your parents and grandparents are facing it. And your friends and family and congregation is facing the question too whether we're professional or retired, whether we have a small business or work for a large company, as people of faith, we face the question, how do we connect our strengths and our lives to the power of God to bring about God's love in new ways, even today? The task of our life, our faith life, is to continue to consider how we can embody that which belongs to God in ways that allow us to fully experience God's love as well as share that love with others so they might experience the love also. And I think the way that we do that can happen in as easy as three simple steps. I think that the way we can continue to grow our awareness of the power of God is to pause and then to listen and then to act. Take three simple steps to connect to the power of God and you can bring the peace of God amidst chaos. You can ground yourself in faith as you face transition. And you can sense that power at work as you experience rites of passage. And maybe most importantly, having just three simple steps to remember that which we go back to can always, and can always connect us to that which matters most. Well, it might be the basics of of all of this. I wish I could lay some claim to pausing and listening and acting as a three-step process, but, but really... I don't think there's any trademarks on this. It's kind of how we do what we do in faith. But it is essential to cultivating a spiritual life and having a meaningful relationship. God is always around us, 
And to truly get in touch with that power that belongs to God, we can't continue to always rush in the chaos. And we can't do whatever we want and just ascribe that to having been what God told us to do. We must take a moment and pause. It's kind of silly. I ignore it all of the time. But my Apple Watch tells me several times a day that I'm supposed to pause and take a breath. If Apple knows that I need to pause, what don't you think God does? If, if Apple reminds us to pause and take a breath, shouldn't our faith tell us to do that even more? And shouldn't we know that by pausing and reflecting on our faith, we can achieve so much more than five breaths and 60 seconds can with our Apple Watches. But after we pause, because we are pausing to get in touch with God, we listen. We stop and we listen because the Lord is speaking and the Lord will speak to us. And it may not always be what we want to, want to hear and it may not always be on the terms that we want to hear it on, but God will speak. And there's no better way to respond to God speaking than to do what God asks. We're not going to read the book of Jonah, but you can read about what happens if you do the alternative in that story. We listen after we've paused. And finally, I believe that when God calls us, or when God speaks to us, we're always called to act in some way. God will call us to embody this love in a powerful way because this is what the power of God does. When God's power is in us and at work in us, the only way to follow faithfully is to follow, which means we're going somewhere. We're taking the steps that God has prepared for us. This is what faith does. God leads us down steps that help us know the path among the chaos. Acting as God directs us brings peace in the busyness. And as a result of pausing and then listening. To find some centering and some grounding, whether we are steeped in adulthood or whether we are headed off to college or whether college is a long way away. The way that we connect to the power of God is to pause and to listen and then to act. And there might be no better story to tell about how to do that than the story we read from 1 Samuel. Back in the Old Testament, we met Samuel there in that book. He's ministering under Eli, who is an old priest, and at this point is no longer a model priest. If you continue to read in Samuel, 1 Samuel 3, you will see it doesn't end well for Eli's family. But Eli knows his job is to mentor the boy Samuel. And so he points the boy to the Lord. Samuel is working in the temple under Eli. He's there keeping the lamp and watching it. And he's young and he's lost in the midst of the chaos that all of, of all that's going on around him. He's ten. He doesn't quite get it. And then one night he's laying down and he hears the voice. And he goes to Eli. And it wasn't Eli calling. 
A second time, he goes, I didn't call you. And then the third time, Eli finally realizes who it is that's talking and says, go and lay down. And if he calls again, respond, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And you see, in verse 10, Samuel had already paused. He was listening, and the Lord spoke. And he said, speak, for your Lord is listening, or for your son is listening, Lord. If a defunct priest from the Old Testament who knows that everything is going awry can teach these three steps to Samuel, can teach him this is the way that you experience the power of God, then certainly that is a lesson for all of us when it comes to the ways that we connect to the extraordinary power that belongs to God. The question is, will we do it? Because you see, in just a couple of moments, we're going to head back to home, to family, to lunch, and to the rest of the to-do list for today. We can get out in the yard, or we can turn on the television, Listen to the radio, dial up some podcasts. We can pick up our devices and occupy our minds if we want to. We do not have to be bored. And in fact, our lives are so filled that it is often hard for some of us to sleep because our minds are so busy racing and so accustomed to the chaos. Our lives are filled with wonderful things. But if we want to be in touch with the most wonderful thing, then we must connect to the power that belongs to God. For without that power, the things in our life are merely things. And without God's power, the vessel we are created to be, we cannot be. We cannot shed light in the darkness or bring God's love to the lonely places, or to the places that God has gifted each one of us in particular to go if we are not connected to that power. And so, pause. Every one of us. Pause. Stop. Breathe. If you don't, the chaos will overwhelm you. Listen. Look. Consider. Be open. Open your senses to the reality that the power of God is all around you. But if you do not attend to it, it might just be another noise. And you might confuse God calling you with someone else yelling at you. So listen. And then finally act. Do what it is that God tells you to do. Go where it is that God leads. There is no other way to go. And a spiritual life that shapes us to live and to act and to embody faith in ways that should look different than others is probably one that God is leading us to. And if our life looks just like everyone else, if we're chasing the same things that everyone else is chasing, we might not be hearing and we might not be acting on what we hear. So today, I call us all to prepare ourselves to act in new ways. 
We prepare ourselves to be the one who lets the power of God shine through us. Because the power that is a treasure that will not lead us to despair and will not strike us down and will not lead us to destruction is a power that leads to life. That's where that power leads. And all the other powers lead elsewhere. So today, we pause. We listen. And then we act. And tomorrow we do the same. And whether we are graduates or we just need to to remind ourselves how to experience that power again, we all commit to doing it because we know that that's the direction that God wants to carry us. And carrying the treasure of God's love is exactly what we need to be doing. And going where God leads us is exactly where we need to go. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving and holy God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for the beautiful, simple story of Samuel and Eli. And more than that, we give you thanks for the extraordinary power that gives us life. So Lord, grant us wisdom and grant us courage for the living of these days. Grant us wisdom to know that we do need to stop And pause. Grant us wisdom to listen to you when you are speaking. And Lord, give us courage to hear and give us courage to act as you lead us to. Lord, may that be the commitment we make today. May that be the commitment that these graduates make today. And may we all walk out of this place more committed to listening to your word and following where you lead today than we were when we came in. These, O Lord, are our prayers and we offer them in your great name today. Amen.